Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. So we're going to open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Glory to God. Anybody want to be used of God? Anybody want to know how to operate in the gifts? Does anybody want to know how to operate in the gifts? That's a little better. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to learn. And, you know, he is going to do what he said. He, if, he, if we're talking about the gifts, he's going to manifest them. And, you know, I've been teaching some of this on Tuesday. And uh, he's manifested in this. He, is, he has talked to us. The people have stepped out in their gifts, finding out what gift they have. Been bold, been brave. Jordan stepped out the other day. Hallelujah. She was real bold. She's getting bolder. Hallelujah. So we're going to learn about the gifts, understand the gifts. Sometimes it helps to understand the gifts and that they're for you and I to operate in. Amen? So I'm looking for something specific where I want to start because this got quit some questions on it so I'm just going to go over a couple of things verse 1 now concerning spiritual and it's in italics gift but it's really spiritual just understanding the realm of the spirit brethren I would not have you ignorant he doesn't want us not to understand how to move and flow and understand the gifts of the spirit and what God has for this hour so we are candidates, every one of us, because we're in the body, to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. They are not just for the fivefold ministry. They are for the body. He is talking to the Corinthian church, and he's putting things or setting things in order so that they have an understanding, the right way to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, that they have an understanding there is an order, we don't do anything. The Holy Spirit doesn't do anything out of order. He has an order, so there's a way to do things. And we're going to learn those things, and that's what we're here for. But we want to understand the gifts of the Spirit. And so he says in verse 4, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given, is given to every man to profit with all. So the gifts of the Spirit are here to profit us, to benefit us, to be a blessing to us. And so it says for verse 8, For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge, by the same Spirit. It's one Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that has the gifts. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the self same spirit dividing to every man severally 
as he wills. So it's the Holy Spirit that as he wills, as he directs, as he puts that in us and we yield to us, that's that Holy Spirit flowing through us, these gifts are going to operate. Not everybody, we're not all going to have all these gifts. But there are different graces, different anointings, different um, administrations, different operations of the Spirit of God. And when we understand that we can operate in it and we understand that the Holy Spirit wants to use this, it says as He wills, it means it's His will that we operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Amen? And so here we are. We are believers. And so we want to operate in this. Now I'm going to read a few things from Brother Hagen because he simplifies it. And I really like some of the things and the way he put it so that we could understand it in a greater way so that we could operate in it. I do want to... Um, I want to talk, as people ask, that the gifts of prophecy. And so this is the, one of the nine gifts is the gift of, gift of prophecy. And they think that only goes, some people think it only goes to the fivefold ministry or it only operates through a prophet. Well, these, the gift of prophecy is lift, listed in the nine gifts, and it's to be used in the body because he's talking to the body. A prophet operates in those gifts, but if you prophesy, it doesn't make you a prophet. So I want to just share a couple of things about that. The Hebrew word for prophecy means to flow forth. It also carries with it the thought to bubble forth like a fountain, to let drop, to lift up, to tumble forth, and to spring forth. The Greek word that is translated prophecy means to speak for another. It means to speak for God or to be his spokesman. It's pretty simple. We make it really difficult, but it's very simple. It's the Holy Spirit giving you the mind of God, the Holy Spirit flowing through you and saying what God would say. Sometimes we make it a mystery and we think it's got to be so hard. When the prophecy is working in a lay person and not a prophet, it's not going to be um, a future word. A prophet's going to operate in a future word. He's going to operate in the word of wisdom when he's prophesying. Okay? But prophecy is speaking forth the heart of God. And it can go with the word of knowledge. It can be used in several other gifts. Are you all following me? Okay. So it says, The simple gift of prophecy should not be confused with the prophetic office. Paul said, but he that prophesies speaketh unto men. Now, this is what prophecy does. It's for edification, exhortation, and comfort. So the gift of prophecy is for three purposes. It is to edify. It's the building up of the body or building up of the people. It's the act of one who promotes another's growth. So when prophecy comes, it is here to build you up, bring growth to you, to help you. That's the gift of prophecy, not the gift of a prophet. 
It's a different, that's a different administration or a different office. It's also for exhortation, encouragement. When we hear these words, when somebody is stepping out and prophesying, it's a word of encouragement. Sometimes, and you've heard it through the different people in the church. When they've prophesied, it's to encourage. Where is the church? Sharisha's word was a prophecy last week. It was an encouragement. It edified. It built up. We got excited because it was a, a word to the church just saying these things are going to happen. That was prophecy. And then for comfort. The word, it comes into compassion or it can bring a calming. That's what prophecy does. It's there to bring a, a, a confirmation of comfort. It says, thus we can readily see that in the simple gift of prophecy, there is no revelation. In the simple gift of prophecy. When Sharice gave the word of prophecy, there was no real word of revelation of the future. It was an outward. It was an encouragement and brought comfort and strength and built up the church. In the office of a prophet, however, we very often find revelation coming forth by the prophet. It is also interesting to note the difference between prophecy in the Old Testament and prophecy in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, prophecy is essentially foretelling, but in the New Testament, it shifts strongly to foretelling. In the simple gift of prophecy, there is no foretelling whatsoever. He that prophesies, when you prophesy, it's for edification, it's for exhortation, and it's for comfort. Amen? I'm just trying to explain the gift of prophecy, and then I, want, I will explain the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. We'll see how much time we have. But I'm just trying to clarify some things to make an understanding of how these gifts operate and what they do so that we won't be confused. So I'm going to read a couple more things out of Brother Hagin's book. As we have said, the gift of prophecy should not be confused with the prophetic office. The simple gift of prophecy has no revelation with it. Rather, it is speaking to men, and he repeats this constantly, for edification, exhortation, and comfort. Notice that in the scripture text, Paul is telling the whole church at Corthon to covet to prophesy and desire spiritual gifts. So we are to covet prophecy, we're to desire it, and we're to desire the spiritual gifts. So we need to have a desire to learn and understand spiritual gifts that God wants all of us operating in this and no one left out of it because he spoke to the whole church. But rather that you may prophesy, yet he has just gotten through telling them in the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians that God has said in the church, first apostles, secondary prophets, thirdly teachers, and so on. Then he said, are all apostles? The answer is no. They wouldn't all be. Are all prophets? They couldn't be. If prophesying made you a prophet, then Paul would be contradicting himself. The fact that you have prophesied doesn't make you a prophet. Okay? I'm just clearing up. I, I like this analogy. A rich man has money. 
All of us have at least some money, even if it's only a few cents. But that doesn't make us rich, right? By the same token, a prophet would prophesy, but one who prophesies wouldn't necessarily be a prophet. A prophet would have more of the gifts in operation than simple reason that Paul says in verse 29. Excuse me, I missed a step. A prophet would have more of the gifts in operation than just the gift of prophecy. He would have the revelation gifts. Okay, so this is a prophet. This is how you can recognize. He would have the revelation gifts in operation along with prophecy. So he would have the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge operating in his ministry. For the simple reason that Paul says in verse 29 of the 14th chapter of Corinthians, let the prophet speak two or three and let the others judge. So the prophet, when a prophet stands in an office, their life is going to have a lot of the gifts of the spirit in operation in their lives. I operate in the gift of wisdom. I operate, well, in the word of wisdom, in the word of knowledge. I've done it for many years. I also have discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits is not suspicion that somebody has something. Discerning of spirits is actually seeing into the realm of the spirit. It's when your eyes are opened up and you can see into the spirit realm. That's a discerning of spirits. And we'll go into that as we teach but I just want you to understand these gifts are going to operate in the prophet. And I am, I'm a prophet. That was hard for me to take hold of many years ago. My husband would tell me I was a prophet, and I'd just say, be quiet. Don't tell anybody. I didn't want it acknowledged, you know, but he encouraged me in that gift. And I didn't understand all the gifts that were working in me. I didn't understand the, the, the Discerning of spirits was working in me. I didn't understand really what the spirit, what the word of wisdom was when I prophesied. I didn't understand all those things. And I didn't understand that one of the other gifts is the power gifts that I have working in me. The gifts of miracles are working in me. And I've seen that in my ministry and what God's called me to. So you need to have, if you're a prophet, you need to have these gifts operating within you. So most of the church is going to operate in the word of wisdom. They're going to operate in prophecy. They're going to operate. They can operate in the power gifts. They can operate in the revelations. They can operate in tongues and interpretation. Those are gifts of the spirit that the body is going to operate in. And we should be operating in. But it's different prophesying as a prophet with these things working together are different than when you just prophesy. Am I helping somebody? Trying to teach, you know, because I want us to go into the word of knowledge. I want us to understand because I'm expecting everybody to start operating in their gifts. And y'all came back. I see y'all. You came back. Okay, I'm just going to keep reading this. To constitute the office of a prophet, a person would have to have at least two of the revelation gifts operating in the ministry, plus the gift of prophecy. He would have to have the, work of, the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge and the gift of discerning of spirits, plus prophecy, to be able to stand in that office. Otherwise, he's a preacher, just like anybody else. 
He can preach the gospel. He can be a teacher of the word. But he would also have to have, have something that would give this ministry a little more authority than the other ministry. So a prophet carries an authority on him that not, ever, that not all the gifts carry or not even some pastors. They carry a different authority. And I will say this, when God, Paul gave the, the administration out and said, first are apostles, so apostles are, are the first, and secondary is prophets. And my husband operates as an apostle along with a pastor, and I come under that as a prophet. And so he can also operate in the prophetic office, and he has many times. And I am under that. I submit to that. And he judges words when I give them. So words need to be judged by another prophet. So he, he can operate, because he's an apostle, he can operate in that gift. Am I helping somebody? So I just want you to understand we can all have the gift of prophecy because God wouldn't have told us to covet something that wasn't available to us or to desire something that we couldn't have. We can all prophesy, but we can't all be prophets. So if you think you can't, God says you can. Amen? Sometimes you do it and you don't even realize it. Sometimes you don't even realize that you're actually prophesying. You know... He heaven and destiny have operated it up, up here on the stage. They've stepped out in prophecies. They have spoken words. They do it in song. You can, you can have a song, and it can be a, 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 a prophecy that is coming forth in song. And the girls have done that many times in the service. So now let's go back, and we're going to look at the word of knowledge. Y'all ready? Because it's, we, we want to understand the operation of the word of knowledge. Now, the word of knowledge can be a past word or a present word, okay? It, it's not going to be, the word of knowledge is not going to be a future word. It's going to be past or it's going to be present. So we're going to look at a couple of things in the word to see what the word of knowledge is. The word of knowledge also is just something simple that is the mind of God. It's a fragmented part of knowledge. You notice when you get a word of knowledge, it's not the whole thing. You get a word of knowledge. It's a fragmented part of the knowledge of God. It's, it, God is all-knowing, but when you receive the word of knowledge, it's just a fragment. It's just speaking to you. It's not the whole thing. It's not the whole picture. You know, we all sometimes want the whole picture. We want the whole word, right? I will tell you, even as a prophet, I don't know everything. I can only disperse, if it's a word of knowledge, I can only disperse what he gives to me. I can't disperse any more in that, or else you're going to get my knowledge. And my knowledge might cause you some problems. So you want... Yes, and that's something, you know, when you start operating in the gifts, it's no, it's, you got to know when to start and you got to know when to quit. And I've watched over the years, I had to learn it myself. Sometimes we want to help the word. Sometimes we think we've got to 
give more counsel on the word or we've got to get in there and make it sound a little bit better. But you've got to know when to start and you've got to know when to quit. Don't continue when it's not God. Stop. If you don't know what to say, that's a good sign to stop. Don't continue. I'm just stressing that. I've seen too many people continue and it's not God. And God has really helped me to learn when somebody's flowing in the gifts, to recognize when they're flowing in it. There's going to be a grace on it. There's going to be an anointing on it. And you just got to know when to quit. Sometimes it can just be a word. And you got to just give one word. If that's all you have to give, you give it. And you stop. It's not up to you to interpret that word. Okay? It's just up to you to say what the Lord would have you say. But let's go to Acts chapter 9. That's where I want to go. I shared this the other day, but it's such a good example of the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. So if we understand the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom and understand how it operates, it's going to help us. It's going to help us when the Lord prompts us or puts a word in our spirit to know what it is and to know when to release it. That's another thing. It's the releasing of the word. You got to know the timing of when to release the word. If you if you get excited about it, I'll never forget this. Years ago, in a, when we were at Calvary and we had the college and career at our house, and we had this large group of young people at our house, and this operation of the Spirit was working, and um, so I had this lady sitting in a chair, and I had some college kids around them, and I said, let's pray for her. And um, I was praying, and I knew that I had something to give her, and I knew that she needed time to receive. Well, Kelly was standing over here, and she would go, I've got a word. I said, I know, Kelly, you've got a word, but hold it. Just hold on to that word. And so just the presence of God was over this girl and was ministering to her, and breaking down some walls, and Kelly pops up again, I've got a word. And I said, I know, Kelly, you have a word. Hold it. She was so anxious and wanted to give it. She thought she was, it was going to go away because that anointing was on her. She didn't understand. She was learning. And so the third time, Kelly said, I've got a word. And I said, just give another minute, Kelly, and it'll be time to give the word. And I knew when she was ready to receive. And I turned to Kelly, now give the word. And she gave the word, and when she did, the girl was able to receive it. She said up to that point, she could not have received it. Unless the work of the Spirit of God was finished doing that part of what God was doing in her, that word would have fallen on deaf ears. 
You understand? So timing is everything. And if you get ahead of God, and I asked Kelly, I said, so what, what were you thinking? She thought, I'm going to lose the word. It's going to go away. I said, the Holy Spirit knows what he's doing, and he can wait. He knew the timing of what needed to be done. He knew when that word needed to come forth. She felt the presence of God, the anointing. She knew the word was stirring up on the inside, but she didn't know. She thought she had to give it right then. So it's learning when is the time to release the word. That's why things are done decent in order. That's why we just don't pop up and say something. You know, sometimes people think, well, they're controlling. No, we're just letting following the Holy Spirit to understand what he's doing. And if you're, if you're like we're the leaders, we're going to know what's going on and the timing of what needs to be accomplished, what needs to be said so that the word is received because you want the word received. God wants that word received. He, God wanted that word that Kelly had. He wanted her to receive it but he had to work in her first. Amen? I just want us to understand, because, because in 1 Corinthians 12, he said, Brethren, I don't want you ignorant. He said, I want you to understand spiritual things. I've operated in these things almost... From day one, started learning how the gifts work. Didn't understand they had names to them, like the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. I didn't understand that. But I started learning the ways of the Spirit. I started learning how to move in the Spirit and the timing of it and how the Spirit of God moves. And that, you know, I, I don't know how it's this. I don't want to. It's like a lost art because it's something the Holy Ghost wants to bring back to the church, bring back to the people on how to operate in his gifts. It's very important today for the gifts of the Spirit to come back to the church, not just in one or two people, but in his body, that they're in full operation so that the fullness of God is seen in the body of Christ. Because that's what the Lord wants. And so we have to understand how the gifts operate and how they work. Amen? So, did you go to Acts chapter 9? And it says, we'll start with verse 4. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying... Unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecuted. It's hard to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astounded, said, Lord, what will you have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. 
And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were open, he saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, and neither did he eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here. So the word of knowledge can come through a vision. It can come through a dream. There's many ways it can come. It can come to your spirit. But this word, and it's a word of knowledge, is coming to him in a vision. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, go into the street which is called Straight, and inquired in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth. And has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in, putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. So here the Lord is giving him instructions. He's given him a word. Now, he doesn't know this in the natural. He doesn't know that Saul is in town, that Saul has come and been three days without sight. He doesn't know this, but he knows it by the word of knowledge. When the Holy Spirit in a vision comes and speaks to him, and he's giving him instructions on what he needs to do. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this men. How much evil has he done to thy saints at Jerusalem? And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto thee. Now he's going to switch from the word of knowledge, and he's going to go over to the word of wisdom, to bear my name before the Gentiles, the kings, and the children of Israel. He's telling him what Paul's going to do. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Now, as far as we know, Ananias is a layperson, and the word of the Lord comes to him through a vision and gives him instructions that he is going to go down to this man's house where Paul is, and this is he's going to lay his hands on him, and then he's going to tell him what Paul is to do. So there's two operations of gifts working there, the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. They worked together to bring forth the will of God. And as we know, Ananias went down there, laid hands on him, Paul's eyes were opened up, and we know that Paul did exactly what that word said. That word of wisdom that came was telling of his future, of where he was going to go and what he was going to do. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember... You are God's best.